When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now, here's Toby C. Hey, I'm back. It's your friend, Toby. Thank you so much for dedicating a little bit of your precious, valuable time to listening to me. To listen to me talk to you about recovery. Uh, Boy, I can't think of a more important subject nowadays in our culture, in our society, man. We've got a war on, on, on drugs and alcohol and we've got a war on behavior don't we? Our program in this moment is about staying right here, right now, today. And we're going to be talking about recovery for the next hour or 43 net minutes. There's not going to be any guests, not going to be any call-ins. It's just me and you. And I want you to pretend that it's just going to be you and me. And we're going to be meeting in a room And we're going to be talking about some spiritual principles. And I'm not here to lecture you. We're going to be meeting as equals. You just won't be able to say anything. However, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about some of the problems and solutions in recovery. And one of the, one of the problems we're going to be talking about today in life and in recovery is criticism. Oh, yeah. Critical of ourselves, critical of other people, critical of situations, critical of anything. We're going to be talking about overcoming criticism. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and it comes out of a book called The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, when I stop living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away, see? So today, in this show, we're going to be talking about the problem of criticism in order to illuminate it sufficiently so that we can can focus on the solution, the answer. And that's the deal, you know? Um, we are going to, I, I may very well... Uh, rattle off some some of my favorite quotes, little nuggets of, of timeless and universal wisdom. They're going to come out of a couple of recovery books that are very popular. Uh, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which was uh, first printed in 1939 and has really not changed very much at all with the exception of the stories in the back of the book. And its sister publication, The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, which came out about roughly 15 years later in the 1950s. And again, while we may, you may hear the word alcoholic or alcoholism when I reference these two publications, I got to tell you, this program is not tailored specifically for the alcoholic or specifically tailored toward addressing alcoholism. This show is tailored for anybody. Maybe it's you, maybe somebody you love and or very concerned about, but it's for anybody who's suffering from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Somebody who's stuck, maybe stuck. I like to call it no man's land. 
you know, we're stuck. We can't really go back to the blissful ignorance of our childhood or, or when we had enough money and, and security to insulate us from, from pain. But now we're stuck. Oh, man, are we stuck. We can't go back, and we just can't seem to get unstuck. And that's perfect. You're perfect for recovery. Because the 12-step program, the 12-step method of recovery, and by the way, there's over 200 12-step programs throughout the world now dealing with every imaginable malady to people who have an itch, okay? The program is real simple. The 12-step program has three parts to it. And the three parts to this 12-step method of recovery are the solution to getting you or your loved one unstuck. And the first thing to do is to trust God. The second thing to do is to clean house. And the third and final thing to stay unstuck is to help others. Trust God, clean house, help others. And I'm going to tell you how to go ahead and really immediately get unstuck right now. If you're isolated and you're alone and you're just the bewildered one, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. You are not the only bewildered one. Thank God for the age of internet. Get online, get on the internet and type in whatever malady you're suffering from, anything, and find yourself a group of people who meet every single day or frequently and they get together frequently and consistently and they talk about their problem. They talk about their common malady. And what this group is called, it's called a kinship of common suffering. It's called the home group in AA, but it's, it's where you got to go, man. That's the first step in recovery is to start trusting people again. Sounds kind of gullible, doesn't it? After all, people are the enemy quite often for many of us. People are the problem. So why not eliminate the problem by isolating and avoiding people altogether? I get it. I get it. Toby, king of isolation. I'm a master isolationist. I get it. But the first step, and it is the first step to admit that we're powerless over our problem. Who are we going to admit it to ourselves? I don't think so. But if you go to a kinship of common suffering, a group, and get there and sit all the way down and make your admission, it's calming. See, the first, the first steps in recovery are to calm down and to make that admission. And it happens when we practice unity. It's one of our first traditions in the 12-step method. Come out of isolation. You don't ever have to be alone again. And what you're going to discover is the beauty about going to the same meeting over and over again and making some real genuine, genuine friendships and to keep a, an eye out for the newcomer and to be able to go to that newcomer and to put your arm around them and to console them and say, you never have to be alone again.
you know, the best way to overcome loneliness is to help somebody else overcome loneliness. It's called practicing unity. And unity and practicing unity calms the spirit. Calms the spirit to practice unity. And only then, when the spirit is calm, can we trust God and trust the process. And then the journey begins. You can do it. You can get out of no man's land. What are you waiting for? You know, we have a lot of life to live yet, and we just don't know how much time we've got to live it, man. So let's get with the program, shall we? Let's get with the program of of overcoming criticism today and eliminating criticism from our lives and eliminating the buttons of self that can be affected by by self-criticism or criticism of others. How about that? It's going to be a pretty powerful subject. You know, I don't have any call-ins. I don't have any guests on this show. It's just going to be yours truly, Toby C., you know, having a talk. And that's what I talk. You know, I do work with people in recovery. And when we meet, man, we, we sit down in a quiet room, a conference room. I got a conference room that I, that I pirate from a friend of mine's office. And it's quiet, man. And we just sit there and we crack the books open and we take turns reading the pages and we pause and we share and we discuss it. You know, the 12 steps, many people can rattle off the 12 steps, but let me tell you, many people forget that the 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. And that's where it starts, man. You know, you don't need to do the 12 steps to calm down, man. You just need to get with another soul and practice these things called these spiritual principles. They're buried in these black and white prints of these books. And you just take turns reading them and you discuss them and you calm down. And then your journey starts. You know, it was then discovered that when one alcoholic planted in the mind of another the exact nature of his malady, that person could never be the same again. There's the deal, man. Get into this kinship of common suffering. Get into this home group and change your message, man. Move out of denial. And the best way to move out of denial and face your problem head on is to get to a kinship of common suffering and to be available to be helpful to another suffering soul, getting themselves out of denial. You know, we buddy breathe. Imagine us being underwater and we're sharing an an oxygen tank and we're doing some buddy breathing here. It's about calm and unity. And that's when the journey starts. So anyway, you can't overcome a problem until you first illuminate it thoroughly, and then you can start moving toward correcting the problem. We're going to be talking about overcoming criticism.
We're going to be talking about the problem of criticism. Oh, man, are we going to talk about it thoroughly? Only here on our program, our show, In This Moment. And I'm your host, Toby C. In This Moment with Toby C. continues now on iHub Radio. Well, you can't really overcome a problem until you first illuminate it. Many of us, uh, we suffer from something called denial. And today we're going to be talking about overcoming criticism. And in order to overcome criticism, we have to be acutely aware of what criticism is. And criticism, let's just cut to the chase. Criticism is harmful to others, and it's harmful to ourselves. Period. Now, to elaborate more on that, so many of us suffer from defective relations with other human beings as a result of this criticism, this critical analysis. You know, part of recovery is to finally arrive at the point where we look at people and we look at their situation and we ask ourselves, what's right with this situation? But so many of us fall short of that because we're instinctually wired to look at things and to look at people and ask ourselves, what's wrong with this situation? How can I improve upon this situation? Instead of accepting the situation for what it is. But I'm here to tell you, defective relations with other human beings have nearly always been the immediate cause of our woes. It's page 80 out of the 12 and 12. Defective relations with other human beings have nearly always been the immediate cause of our woes. Every single woe. Because we cause harm. Well, what kind of harm do people do one another anyway? Well, to define harm in a practical way, we might call it the result of instincts in collisions. Instincts in collision which cause physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. Depriving others of their emotional security and peace of mind. You know, it's a bad message. But all of us are peppered with this bad, critical message. One of my favorite um, awarenesses that I like to share is uh, when I was growing up, uh, I had a I had a parent that would say, you know, Toby, what your problem is, is you have an inferiority complex. See? Well, let me tell you, I heard this message that I had an inferiority complex so much throughout my 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 early years and my upbringing that I started to believe this message only to discover that it was quite possible when I finally calmed down and recovered and got better 
it was quite possible that the person who was telling me that I had an inferiority complex was the person giving me the inferiority complex. It's a form of criticism, but it's subtle. You know, criticism can be very subtle and loving and nurturing. It's called perfectionism. Probably the most critical thing that so many of us suffer from is perfectionism. We seek it in ourselves and we seek it in others. We seek perfectionism in ourselves and we seek it in others. And it never works, does it? We always put the bite on others and demand that they meet our needs. And they always fail us and hurt us and disappoint us, don't they? And our own pursuits of of perfectionism have always eluded us. One of my favorite nuggets in the big book is that, you know, we're, we're bankrupt idealists and failed perfectionists who have settled for the bottle and the blackout instead. Isn't that the truth, you know? If you get enough criticism, finally there's just nothing left to live for. If you get knocked and beat down enough, there's nothing to live for. And by the way, when many of us recover, including yours truly, and we calm down and trust God and clean house, one of the results of of trusting God and cleaning house is this acute awareness of just how critical we've been, not only to ourselves, but to others. It's a bad message. It's harmful. It creates... Criticism is about creating a standard of perfection that we create in our own minds. But in recovery, we discover a God of our understanding, a higher power, a power greater than ourselves who establishes something called the real ideals, the true ideals. An ideal, I-D-E-A-L. Ideal is the standard of perfection, which is God. Knowing that we'll never be perfect, but we can move toward this standard of perfection, which is God, because we've calmed down and we've cleaned house and we understand the power and the perfection of God and we can move toward it. And I got to tell you, the problem with, with criticism is that we try to play God. We try to become judge, jury, and executioner. Oh, we do it for the, for the benefit of all, of course, don't you know? We're just trying to help out. Oh, I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic. I mean, come on. Does that sound familiar? You better believe it does. It's criticisms like picking a scab, man. You just got to leave it alone, man, and so it can heal. But if you're constantly obsessed and, and picking at it, it just will just finally overwhelm you. You know, this, this criticism again, as a form of denial. 
it's denial that that we're right and you're wrong it's it's the denial that that we know what's best and you don't and we need to point it out to you for your own good it's harmful it just doesn't work When we come back, we're going to be talking about the solution to overcoming criticism. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the solution, the problem went away. You want to quit being so critical on yourself and critical of others. You know, stick around. Let's talk about the solution to overcoming criticism. Only here on our show in this moment. And I'm your host, Toby C. In this moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. Wow. Overcoming criticism. Hmm. A lot of us end up in recovery. A lot of us end up in rehabs. A lot of us end up in 12-step recovery support groups because we finally just couldn't handle the criticism anymore. We just couldn't handle the criticism from others or we couldn't handle the criticism from within ourselves. You know... One of my favorite nuggets in the big book talks about, you know, spiritual cancer. The spiritual cancer of the spirit being beaten down by criticism or the spirit playing God and, and dispensing criticism only for the human host to experience shame. You know, an illness of this sort and we have come to believe it an illness, involves those about us in no other way and no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness. For with it there goes the annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives are touched by the sufferer. You know, people suffer from criticism. And when they can't suffer anymore, they finally lose all hope. And if there's nothing worth living for, then there goes the annihilation of all worthwhile things in life. Maybe you know somebody who has gone through the scorched earth approach and doesn't have anything left to live for. Let me tell you the biggest solution to overcoming people who are critical of us is to learn how to give them a break. And I discovered how to give people a break. I don't have to forgive people. There's some really, really awful people out there in the world. 
there's some really awful, awful people that uh, I'm not going to say that I'm related to, but you know, I might share some common DNA or something. I don't know. Billy, you know who I'm talking about. My brother's not awful. People are critical of each other because we're instinctual survivalists. We must be. And it becomes ingrained in our personality. And this critical behavior of others and ourselves makes us sick. It makes us ill. So if you ever want to overcome the critical harm that others inflict upon us, we have to have a whole change of attitude in how we view these people. And we have to look upon them as not being well. I don't like to use the word sick, but I like to use the word not well. And if you can imagine the person who is inflicting all this criticism and critical behavior toward you as not being well, you take away their power. See? Now, how do we do this? How do we go about this, this psychic change, this, this attitude, this transformation, this ability to look at things and people differently in order to conclude that they're not well? Well, you have to calm down. And the way you calm down is by trusting God and cleaning house and putting your hand in the hand of the man and going in there and doing these 12 steps, especially the fourth step and the three inventories in the fourth step house cleaning. And at once we commence to outgrow fear and we find out that fear has been the center of so much of our and others' critical behavior. But here's the deal. We've got to not be able to let people push our buttons with their criticism. We've got to keep an open mind and an open heart to who we're dealing with. And it happens when we clean house. And we really determined that all those people who were on our grudge list, all those people who hurt us and harmed us, were to some degree, in one form or another, not well themselves. And if we can learn to view everybody we encounter as possibly not being well, we give them a break. We give them a break. And I'm telling you, there is not a bigger solution to overcoming criticism and the harm that people try to impose upon us with their criticism and just giving them a break. Isn't that beautiful? You don't have to forgive anybody. I had a lot of difficulty in recovery because of some of the experiences I had when I was growing up and I was young. And there were people who, who the situation and the circumstances were unforgivable. But because I was able to objectively look at my past and opened my mind and softened my heart, I was able to give each and every one of these actors a break. 
You don't have to forgive people, but you got to give them a break. And I'll tell you who the biggest recipient of giving others a break was me. I got a break. And I didn't give myself the break, by the way. You know, I spent a whole lifetime trying to give me a break. But I discovered that when I'm helping another suffering soul overcome criticism, that I experience this grace and I experience this break that can only come from a higher power. It is a peace which surpasses all comprehension. The best way to give another person a break is to practice giving people a break. And the way we practice giving people a break is we participate in our home group meeting. We participate by showing up consistently. We participate by honoring the code of love and tolerance of others is our code. I'm telling you, if your meeting is anything like my meeting, man, we are a group of people who normally would not mix. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people who have things to say in their testimony that I can't really relate to. But you know what I do? I sit there and I listen and I try to be still and I try to pay attention. And it's a form of working with others, just merely being there and being present. Helps me to calm my spirit. And if I have a calm spirit, not only am I inclined to give you a break if you try to attack me, but if I have a calm spirit, I'm not going to be so overly critical of myself. Overcoming criticism is about also overcoming our self-imposed perfectionism and our own criticism. And I don't know about you, but I can't calm me down. I can't give me a break. But when I participate in a kinship of common suffering and I find somebody who's really suffering and they've lost all hope, just to console them and to comfort them and to tell them that it's going to be all right. Burn into the consciousness of every man that they can get better regardless of anyone. The only condition is that they trust God and clean house. You can do this. You can, you can achieve an unshakable foundation. You can be bulletproof to all the emotional booby traps that await you out there by people, most of whom are not well, and they're acting out in whatever their behavior is, and they're acting out with their sick, unwell behavior is causing harm to you. And quite often the harm comes in the form of, of a very derogatory action or words that affect your self-esteem and leave you thinking, gee, what's wrong with me? Or affect your pride and leave you with the thought of, how do people view me? See, once you take all these seven buttons of self away, man, nobody can touch you. And those seven buttons of self, self-esteem, pride, finances, personal relations, ambitions, emotional security, and sexual 
relations, all those buttons of self can be taken away because your mind and your heart is going to be open to the person who's acting out in front of you. Isn't that beautiful? And by the way, I'm here to tell you that the open mind is really one of the key solutions to overcoming this self-imposed criticism too. You know, take it easy on yourself. I think neurotics are the ones who are extremely hard on themselves and people with character disorders blame the entire world for their woes. Somewhere in between, man, is where I want to be. You know, I don't want to blame the entire world on my woes, but I don't want to take the whole burden on my shoulders, man. Life is a big balancing act. Life is a balancing act. Criticism is extreme behavior. What is the opposite of criticism? Probably acceptance, isn't it? Just accepting everybody for who they are. You know, let go and let God. Just accept people for who they are. Listen to them. Practice something called healthy confrontation. A little bit of pushback. You know, it's a balancing act. You know, somewhere between the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, you know, is God. You know, all of us who come into recovery are so hard on ourselves. We either wanted to be on the top of the heap or we wanted to hide underneath it. But I'm telling you the solution, the solution is to to really encourage another suffering soul. And they can only be found, well, by the way, the suffering souls are everywhere around us. But if you really want to find a suffering soul, go to your kinship of common suffering, go to your home group meeting and hang out there and listen and go to that person after the meeting and console them. Go get a cup of coffee, go to a conference room and sit down and read and share and talk and cry. You know, and get ready, man, for the journey of your life, man. Or tell them so. You know, when we help another person overcome their criticism and all the damage that the criticism has, has, has wrecked their lives, when we're there to console the sufferer, we experience a reprieve, a daily reprieve, from criticism either from outside or from inside how about that for a solution gotta love it you know there's so much more I mean we've just scratched the surface but I hope I've hit some of the high notes on the solution to overcoming criticism and when we come back we're going to be doing my favorite favorite exercise called the imagination exercises about pointing our imagination and our faith in the right direction. Only here on our show, In This Moment, and I'm your host, Toby C. In a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is In This Moment with Toby C. on iHub Radio. Well, 
I hope you've enjoyed the show today about overcoming criticism. And I got to tell you, the best is yet to come. We don't have much time, so I want to get right into it. I want you to use your imagination for a minute, okay? You're going to get it this time. You'll never have to go back to rehab or the hospital again. You're never going to have to wake up like it's another episode of Survivor. You're going to get it this time. You know why? Because you're going to learn how to work with others. That's going to make the difference this time for you. If you failed at recovery or you just didn't get it, you just, you know, you just couldn't quite figure this out. Let me make it real simple for you. It's not easy, but it's real simple. You're going to become a sponsor. You, if your sponsor has not told you that their primary function is to prepare you to become a sponsor, then they're ripping you off. All right. You're going to become a sponsor because you're going to calm down and you're going to trust God and you're going to clean house, man. And you are going to get out of no man's land and you are going to get to the other side safe and protected, man. And the way you're going to stay on the other side is you're going to work with others. You can help when no one else can. You are going to discover that when you calm down and recover, that you're going to be uniquely useful to another sufferer just like you. And when you learn how to really pay attention with no skin in the game and no strings attached, when you really learn how to pay attention to another person, for a couple hours a day, every single day, until you get it, until you get them out of no man's land, then you're going to get it. You know, life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others. You're going to heal people And you're going to witness them actually helping others instead of themselves. You're going to watch loneliness vanish. And you're going to know that you had something to do with that. You're going to see a fellowship grow up about you in your home group meeting. And you're going to have a host of friends probably the most genuine people that you're going to encounter are going to be people in your home group meeting. As a matter of fact, that contact that you have for that one hour a day may be some of the only real genuine, loving contact you may have for the entire day. For some people, it's the only contact they have with other humans sometimes is that meeting. But it works. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. See, you've just, you know, for for those of you who have gotten sober and cleaned house and you relapsed, you just missed the last part, man. The last part is that's the nectar. That's the nectar of the fruit. It's working with others, man. To watch somebody heal 
to watch a miracle unfold right in front of your eyes and to know in your heart that you had something to do with that is it's called joy it's not called enjoyment it's called pure joy and it's the joy that comes when we turn from in and we turn outward and we really pay attention and when you pay attention you're going to have a clear recognition finally of who you are and what you can become you know all we have is a daily reprieve a daily reprieve from what a daily reprieve from criticism criticism of ourselves and criticism from others and man if you can be impervious to criticism from others because you've got an open heart and an open mind you're going to be bulletproof man nobody's going to be able to take you out even you and be kind to yourself be good to yourself love yourself don't you ever push anybody out of that heart the open mind and the open heart are going to keep you safe and protected one day at a time you're going to be a wonderful sponsor can you imagine that can you imagine really helping somebody not take their own life can you imagine helping somebody have a purpose to live can you imagine preparing somebody to help somebody else it's the full circle deal i know you can do it i hope you've enjoyed our our show today and um if you want to email me it's tobyc at ihubradio.com and all i can tell you is that recovery begins by getting out of isolation and getting into the program and getting with people and learn how to love yourself by learning how to pay attention properly to others and quit being so hard on yourself anyway have a wonderful wonderful experience and um i'm your host toby c And this is our program. It's called In This Moment. It's so you can stay anchored today, grounded, and centered. Somewhere between the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat is God. You'll find him with a capital H. God bless. Until next time, I'm Toby C.